Ladies and gentlemen of the Ravens flock, my name is Christopher Linfont, and today we've got Nest Talk episode 34 recorded on April 24th, 2019. It's a Wednesday, the day before the start of the NFL draft, the 2019 NFL draft, shaping up to be one of the most exciting drafts uh, in recent memory. Of course, uh, we've got my full seven round mock draft. That will be released today at 4 p.m. This is being recorded at 1.10 p.m. in the afternoon. Uh, and, you know, by the time you hear this, it's probably almost time at least for that mock draft to go live. So you can head over to BaltimoreFeather.com. Uh, but I will go over the first-round pick. So if you only want to hear the first-round pick, stay tuned to the end of the episode. And that's when we're going to talk about what I project the Ravens to do in the first round. Uh, and it might it might surprise you. We'll, we'll see what you guys think. Uh, but first, of course, we have to always talk about the Ravens news of the day, of the week, and of course we're going to start that with the major news that came out this morning. The Baltimore Ravens have extended Justin Tucker's contract. Justin Tucker, the best kicker in the National Football League, arguably the best of all time. I would consider him to be the best of all time. He is the most accurate kicker in NFL history, and he he got a lucrative contract extension today. Uh, he is set to sign a four-year, $23.05 million contract extension, which will include $12.5 million in fully guaranteed money, and I believe the first two years... Uh, and has an $8 million signing bonus, so he'll get that right away. Uh, and it will keep mo- the most accurate kicker in NFL history in Baltimore until 2023. Wow. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, you know, Justin Tucker was coming to his last year on his contract, and they don't want him to test that market because you don't want this guy to get lured away. The Baltimore Ravens have had some great kickers over the years. You look at it, Justin Tucker, Matt Stover, unbelievable. Uh, you know, Billy Cundiff and Hauschka was in there a few years, but, you know, the success the Ravens have had a kicker is, is really phenomenal. And, you know, he's going to average about $5 million per year, almost $6 million, actually. It's about $5.76 million. Um, but that's nothing compared to, you know, other players who don't produce the same results as him. He is the highest, he's going to be the highest paid kicker in the league. Uh, but when you look at him, you know, versus some other guys, they could pay him seven, eight million dollars. I wouldn't care because he is so valuable to this Ravens team. He can kick from basically anywhere on the field. He's super deadly accurate. Only has a couple of misses that really cost us in his entire career. He is one of the most clutch players in the NFL at any position. Justin Tucker, and of course, he is the best kicker in my opinion of all time. So I love the move to to to, to extend his contract before he can even touch the free agency market. So that way he's here no matter what. The Ravens, you know. This has worked so far. You've got Tavon Young, who signed an extension uh, earlier this offseason. So he'll be in Baltimore for a while. Guard Marshall Yonda signed a one-year extension. He'll be in Baltimore this year, maybe next year, too. Um, Eric DaCosta is really focusing on extending players before they can hit the open market. So the Ravens can't get outbid by other teams. right? The Ravens often will get outbid because the Ravens are smart and are not going to pay certain players over their price tag. But... If you can extend them before they hit that open market, uh, it's going to be a great move for the franchise uh, in the future because you're going to lock down a key player and you're not going to get outbid by a team like the Jets uh, who have a ridiculous amount of cap space that the Ravens just don't have. Uh, so again, Justin Tucker, four-year, $23.05 million contract. Fantastic, and I'm really happy for Justin Tucker, one of my favorite players uh, on the Ravens. Uh, but yesterday, the Ravens also made another roster move. They picked up Ronnie Stanley's fifth-year option. Ronnie Stanley left tackle 
drafted out of Notre Dame with the sixth pick of the 2016 NFL Draft, 2016 NFL Draft coming off the 2015 terrible year. And this is a great move by Baltimore. Ronnie Stanley is proving to be one of the better picks the Ravens have had in recent years. Uh, and at left tackle, he's done well, although he has been injured a few times. Uh, but when healthy, I think he could become a Pro Bowl left tackle pretty quickly. Um, and, and he is just a goon out there. He makes a lot of great plays for the Ravens. Anchors that offensive line uh, at the tackle position. The Ravens are set at tackle now for at least the next, what, three years, two years? Because they have Stanley in there until 2020, I believe, throughout 2020, uh, until they sign him to a new extension, which I'm sure they will. Uh, and they've got on the other side uh, Zeus Jr., so Orlando Brown. So remarkable, um, just a remarkable tackle set they've got, right? Uh, if they can fix the inside of the line, maybe get a contingency plan for when Marshall Yonda is gone, which is inevitably soon, uh, not this year, but maybe almost, if not probably next year, um, you know, that would be great for the Ravens. And, you know, locking him down for the fifth-year option, it's going to cost him about $13 million for that final year. Um, but I think it's worth it for Ronnie Stanley. And the Ravens are going to do some salary cap maneuvering from now until until those two years are done. Um, because Eric DeCosta is making some moves. He's making changes. Uh, and I like what he's doing so far as general manager. Following in the Ozzie Newsom formula of not overpaying players, but he's also able to extend guys before they're going to hit the free agency market. I could definitely see Tavon Young. Would have ex- maybe could have exploded in the free agent market depending on how he did in the next year or so. Uh, but you lock him down to a long-term deal, and that can't happen. You lock Justin Tucker down to a long-year deal. You're only paying him $5 million. He could have gotten 6 or $7 million somewhere else potentially. You know, So I like what they're doing with the contract extensions, and hopefully they can extend Ronnie Stanley sometime either this year or next year. That would be fantastic. Uh, in other Baltimore Ravens news, they hosted former Lions defensive end Ezekiel Ansa. Ziggy Ansa, um, I think he was either released. Was he? Re- I think he was released by the Lions this past offseason. I don't know the exact details. Uh, he may have just expired as a free agent. Uh, his contract, that is. But you know, the Ravens need help on that edge side next to Judon, or opposite Judon, I should say. Uh, Ziggy Ansa might not be the guy. He might not be the answer. Um, but the Ravens are doing their due diligence. They are making sure they're going to go out there and look at every guy available. And they might go get somebody in the draft. Now, um, I did hear that if the Ravens are going to sign him, according to Nick Corte, the uh, the guy who is very much in line with the compensatory picks, pretty much knows the most out of anybody. Um, you know, he says the Ravens are not going to sign him until after May 7th. And that's because they don't want it to, to screw up their compensatory pick formula. They want to get those comp, comp picks. That was Ozzie Newsom's strategy. DaCosta has taken it over. And, you know, I don't blame them. Uh, and they could find somebody in the draft, too. So it's probably better to wait at least till after the draft now um, to sign Ziggy Ansa. There's no point in doing it today or tomorrow or, you know, any time before the fi- the final pick. I wouldn't, I wouldn't sign Ziggy Ansa. But... I would like to see, I mean, if the Ravens don't address that pass rush position, I could see him on a one-year prove-it deal. He's had some injury um, history. I think he had some sort of shoulder shoulder surgery or shoulder, in, the shoulder injury this past year. I'm not really sure. Um, but, you know, I could definitely see him in Baltimore for about a year on a prove-it deal. 
uh, and maybe just play a positional role. You know, someone who comes in for a few plays and, and rushes the pass or isn't there on every down. That'd be fine with me, uh, as long as we don't pay him an overly insane amount of money. But he was a pretty good pass rusher a few years ago, so I could definitely see him coming to Baltimore on like a one-year deal, uh, similar to what John Brown did last year. Now, moving on, the NFL released the Ravens' schedule, and it's actually pretty boring, in all honesty. The schedule is, is basically perfectly balanced. Every Ravens home game is followed up with an away game, and every away game is followed up with a home game. There's no streak home. There's no streak away. It's just 1-1, one, 1-1, one, 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 both sides, right? Just every week, uh, it's away, and then it's home. It's then it's away, and then it's home. Then it's away, then it's home. Um, which, you know, it's kind of boring that way, but, you know, I'm sure there's advantages and disadvantages to it. Uh, I wouldn't know if, you know, the actual toll of, of being away for so long or being home so long. But at least it gives the Ravens that balance. That's, that's okay. And But they do have three primetime games this year, which is nice. Um, two at home. There were no primetime home games last, last year. Um, but none of them are against division opponents. One is against the Patriots, which, you know, it's the Patriots. So I'm, I'm really hyped up for that one. The other is in is Monday night in L.A., right? And the Patriots game actually is is a uh, Sunday night football game, week 9, November 3rd at 8-something, 8-20. Week 12, Monday night football, November 25th at Los Angeles against the Rams. Like, okay, but that's kind of lame. Um, I would have liked that to have been like Cleveland or Pittsburgh. But then they, the final primetime game, week 15, Thursday, December 12th, the Jets at the Ravens. The Jets. Come on. You could have given us, like, Cleveland or Pittsburgh or somebody more fun. Uh, the Jets? Like, I don't know. I don't make the schedule, obviously. I, I would have given us at least one primetime division game. The Steelers, at least, I would have given it to us. Uh, but we don't get that this year. Maybe they'll get a, a game flexed in. Who knows? But we do play the Steelers in the final week of the season, and I believe it's at home. I don't remember exactly. I should have put this on the list here. Uh, but they do play they play Pittsburgh in Week 17, which could be a pivotal matchup for the division. Who knows? Uh, although the the Cleveland Browns are projected to be the guys of the division this year. Um, so that's all the real Ravens news we have. Of course, today's the day before the draft, so we're going to talk about that now. Um, we're we're so close at this point, and you know, there's been a lot of debate to what the Ravens' top need in the draft is? Is it wide receiver? Is it offensive guard? Is it edge rusher? Is it inside linebacker? Uh, a lot of people have a lot of different positions on this. I'm going to say it's wide receiver. I'm sticking to my guns. I said it was wide receiver to start with. It is still wide receiver. When you look at our wide receiver depth chart, there is no guy we can definitively call a number one or even suggest as a number one. Willie Sneed is a great slot receiver, but he's not an X. Chris Moore has a lot of potential, but he's not there yet. Seth Roberts. It's a guy who did good things for Oakland, but he's not your number one guy. Baltimore needs number one guy if they're going to pass efficiently. And maybe they don't want to pass efficiently. Maybe they just want to run the ball for the most part and throw short plays. You know, I'm not sure if that strategy would work, but maybe it would. Um, but in my opinion, it has to be wide receiver. Uh, Ed Rusher's probably our second big need. Maybe Ziggy Ansah comes in after the draft. Maybe not. Maybe they go after a guy like Chase Winovich or something like that. Maybe not. There's a lot of great edge rushers in this draft. You've got Clellan Farrell up there also. Uh, could be a target for the Ravens. Um, but, you know, after that, I would say it's offensive guard. you got Garrett Bradbury, Eric McCoy, guys who are linked to the Ravens. What's going to happen after Marshall Yonda goes? Who's going to line up on the left side 
at the guard position. All unknowns right now. Uh, an inside linebacker, I would rate that their fourth biggest need. Now, it is a need but because we lost C.J. Mosley, but at the same time, I have confidence in Patrick Lawso and Kenny Young. It might not be the best, but I think they might be able to hold down, down the um, position for about a year before the Ravens have to go and grab somebody. So uh, I have at least some confidence that they're going to do well. But again, wide receiver, biggest hole because they just need a number one. It's just they've never been able to address this. And if Eric DaCosta wants to start on the right foot, he's got to go wide receiver and, and hit it big. right? And I know that sounds kind of cliche, but it's, it's true. If he wants to set the tone, he's got to get moving on something the Ravens were not able to do pretty much ever. Um, and it would help the team tremendously. I'm not just saying it because we haven't done it before. I'm just saying it would help the tr- team tremendously. Lamar Jackson having a guy who can catch basically anything that comes towards him, big body, that would be great for a young quarterback. If you put a young quarterback in there with not a lot of wa- weapons, not a lot of targets, could be a problem. Um, so that's that. But the Ravens also are, are reportedly very interested in Josh Jacobs, a running back out of Alabama. Um a guy that a lot of people are mocking to the Oakland Raiders right now. Um, but Baltimore already has three running backs that could be on the roster next year, and Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards and in Kenneth Dixon. To take Josh Jacobs in the first round would not address a need for Baltimore. Uh, and I know Baltimore never wants to just draft based on need, but it'd be nice to get players that they could they could use immediately, not lose in a sea of, of a backfield. I mean, maybe Josh Jacobs would emerge as the number one. They'd probably cut Kenneth Dixon because Kenneth Dixon's too injured all the time. Uh, you have Mark Ingram in there, which wouldn't be a bad situation for Baltimore. Really start building a run team around Lamar Jackson. But, you know, I, I, I don't know if that would be the pick for them. I think there's other running backs in this, this draft, like Damian Harris, that might be, might be better fit for the Ravens. You can get in the lower rounds. Josh Jacobs, I'm not super sold on him right now. Although it's definitely possible he ends up in Baltimore. They brought him in for a visit, that's for certain. Uh, and they liked what they saw. So you can't discredit what Baltimore knows about Josh Jacobs and what they're thinking of uh, right now. But the Ravens are sitting at pick 22. Um, and a lot of people are thinking they're going to trade down. And the reported interest is they are trading down. I think they may have fielded some calls. I don't know for a fact, though. Uh, maybe that's just something in the Cardinals here. But... Baltimore trading down would be a Baltimore move. I mean, it's it's plain and simple. Baltimore trading down happens all the time. The Ravens like to acquire picks uh, in the middle of rounds. If they acquired like a third rounder or something, um, you know, and and whatever first round person is behind them, they could maybe use that to trade back into the second round and get somebody too. So you know, maneuvering up and down the draft board, something the Ravens do all the time. They traded back twice last year before they grabbed Hayden Hurst, and they traded back into the first round to grab Lamar Jackson. Um, so. You know, Baltimore can definitely trade down. I, I think I'd probably be in favor it at this point because the guy I think Baltimore sh- should take and, and maybe will take, I think should be available at the later end of the dr- end of the first half, uh, first round, although it's not exactly guaranteed, but he probably will be. Um, so if the Ravens want to take this guy, and we're going to get to him in a second, I'll go over what I mock the Ravens to in my mock round. I'm a mock draft. That the full mock draft, full seven rounds are going to be released tonight at 4 p.m. Eastern. Um, I think the Ravens could probably get some good compensation for the 22nd pick and move down a few slots, four or five, six maybe, um, and still get a really good guy. It might not be Josh Jacobs because they probably have to go below where the Oakland Raiders are, you know, and it might not be the guy I hope they get. But 
at the end of the day, acquiring that capital will probably help build this team overall. Um, and I actually, in my mock drafts, which we're going to go into right now, I do have them trading down with the Los Angeles Chargers of all teams. I have the Chargers. They're going to come up to grab somebody. You'll see in the mock draft. Um, but I have them trading with the Chargers. So they're going to go from 22. This is my prediction. They're going to go from 22 to 28. Now, if you read my mock draft last year, you'll maybe remember that I actually correctly predicted the Ravens trading down and the team involved and the player the team was coming up for last year in the first round. I said the Ravens would trade down. Uh, I forget what the picks were. Maybe it was 16 to 22 with the Buffalo Bills, and the Bills would go up and get, I think it was Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, and they did. They did exactly that. I don't remember if I got the actual trade value correct on what they would get for it. But the Ravens traded down, and they got compensated for it, and I was correct about that. So if I'm correct about this again, I'm going to say the Los Angeles Chargers are coming up to grab a player uh, ahead of the Houston Texans. They, they were afraid the Houston Texans are going to take this guy, and they want to add him to the to the offensive line. I'll tell you anyway. It's Andre Dillard. They're going for Andre Dillard out of Washington State ahead of Houston to help beef up that line for Phillip Rivers. Baltimore will trade down to 28 and pick Nikhil Harry, wide receiver out of Arizona. That is my official first-round prediction for the Baltimore Ravens. I think Nikhil Harry is the best fit as a wide receiver for Baltimore. He can block, he can catch, he can do everything. He's like Anquan Bolden, and he would fit perfectly in this offense. Um, he's my favorite wide receiver of this draft, and I think Baltimore can pull it off at 28. He should still be there if my projections are right, uh, although it's, it's risky. We won't really know exactly what's going to happen until the Ravens are off the clock because, I mean, every time we think the Ravens are going to pick somebody, last year I thought they were going to pick Calvin Ridley before they chose Hayden Hurst. The year before I thought they were going after O.J. Howard or Reuben Foster. Didn't do either. They went with Hayden Hurst and they went with Marlon Humphrey. So we can't, even if they're on the clock and there's an obvious choice there, for us, what might be obvious, it's not so, it might not so be, be so obvious to the Ravens, and Eric DaCosta. Um, so that's my official prediction for the Baltimore Ravens tomorrow night. I cannot believe we are at the NFL Draft now. And that's going to conclude today's episode of Nest Talk. Pretty short and sweet today um, as we're getting ready for the finale of this offseason, really. Of course, BaltimoreFeather.com will cover all aspects of the draft. Every pick, every round, throughout all three days, we'll be there covering it. Um... And we're going to bring back the live blog. We didn't do it last year, but we'll bring back the live blog. So hop in. see You'll see whatever time I said something, um, you know, what my thoughts are on each pick, basically, uh, through the first round, at least. I don't know if I'll do it on the second and third day. Uh, and, of course, you can follow me at BeMoreFeather or at ChrisLynnFont on Twitter. At BeMoreFeather will be the most tweets about the draft tomorrow night. And I'll be tweeting up a firestorm, as you guys already know. I'll be way on top of this. I'm very excited for this draft, and I can't wait to see who the Ravens pick. Uh, so make sure to subscribe to the Baltimore Feather YouTube channel. Not only are we going to finish our prospect reviews, they are coming out today and maybe tomorrow morning if I don't get them all out today. They're basically all done. I just have to have to put the videos together. Um, you know, we'll get the, you get the Nest Talk podcasts every week. And, of course, after the draft of the guys I didn't review on tape, and I mainly reviewed wide receivers and some other first-round prospects, so I imagine there's going to be a lot of guys that I just don't know much about. We're going to delve into the tape. We're going to take a look at how they might fit on the Ravens, and I'm going to grade that pick. So that'll be really fun after the draft, and stay tuned for that as well. So the coverage of Baltimore, the Baltimore Ravens will not stop after the draft. Uh, again, you can follow me at Chris Linfont or at Be More Feather on Twitter. 
and find us on Facebook. Just search up Baltimore Feather or the Nest Talk Podcast on Facebook. Uh, Again, I'm Christopher Linfont signing out. Have a great day, everybody, and we'll see you next week after the end of the NFL Draft.